Hello, my name is Daniel Wall. I am an artist, content creator, producer, audio engineer, and just an all around fun guy who wants to help the community and give nice. back. Nice. Yeah, and, and you're, this, this call is gonna go through a bunch of different things, but one of the coolest things about what you do or about like what you have at the moment is you have 400,000 TikTok followers and you don't just do it as like, um, you, you're actually a music channel on TikTok or a music page exactly. on TikTok. You're not making like um, random fun videos, which aren't related to music. You're actually doing music stuff, which is cool. Exactly. And so I wanted and, to, um, to dive in like, yeah, go ahead. what's your like, how did that, I see the thunder again. How did that all, um, how how that start being on TikTok? So. I started on TikTok around June of 2019 and making content has always been a passion of mine, but I always felt like I was kind of held back because of my friends being on Instagram, friends being on Facebook. So I always felt like I wasn't really myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I tried, I heard about TikTok, I started posting on it. And what I noticed is none of my friends were on it. No one was really on it that I knew at all. So I was just kind of posting whatever I wanted. And it gave me the ability to not care. Yeah. From that, it really developed my own, like, I, I think of creativity as a muscle that you need to flex, especially when making content. So it allowed for that muscle to be flexed and then be able to kind of move into a direction I want to. And that's to use TikTok to grow music, grow a platform and become an artist full time. Nice. So how long did it take you to get from, I don't know, like, nothing to even like 10,000 people on the platform. So I posted 150 videos without really going viral at first. I was just posting whatever I wanted. And then after 150 times posting, I posted a random video that got 300,000 views. After that point, the thing about TikTok is it's kind of like it's kind of like a snowball effect. When you have one video that does really well, everyone goes and people will randomly follow you. Um, and they'll go to other videos that you've had and start blowing up those videos and then TikTok will start recommending your content to more people. That being said though, I a lot of people can think of the For You page as not really the way to build fans. It's a way to get attention. And mm. if you can turn that attention into fans, cold audiences to warm audiences, that's really the goal. So the For You page allows you to get a bunch of attention. If you can turn that attention into more followers that move to other platforms, that's really the way that it kind of went about doing it. But going yeah. from zero to 10,000 probably took me around one month. Wow. Were you cranking out? I mean, you mentioned 150 videos before you got that, that mm -hmm. one viral one, but how, uh, so, how many? Actually, if I started around June, I wasn't really starting to really post until August. So let's just say August is the starting point. September wasn't really that much of a growth. Probably it's 700 followers. Then October, closer to 7,500. And I remember November, I had a meeting because it was around my birthday um, with a music festival friend of mine. And he, while in the meeting, I lost Wi-Fi. And when I got back <laughs> on, before the meeting, I was like 9,000. When I, yeah. when the meeting ended, I was at 11.5 thousand. I remember that happened. That was a huge deal. Cause I wanted to screenshot it, but I couldn't. <laughs> That's funny. So maybe four months actually. Wow. 
And and I, like if you had to guess, how many videos would you say were that whole time? Maybe 200, 250. Oh snap! That's a lot of videos. It's a lot, a lot of yeah. videos. Like I I hear a lot of people when they talk about um, you know, they talk about wanting to gain a presence on any platform and they'll be like i've posted like every day for a month or something and then they're, they'll they'll complain about why things aren't happening but i mean a lot of people don't realize like with youtube for example people don't realize that i've i've had 550 videos that i've uploaded and i've been putting out two videos a week for for a while and i would imagine on tiktok most people probably don't realize like sure there's people that blow up in two videos but i feel like it's more common for stories like yours where it takes like months and a couple hundred videos to get to even ten thousand. like that's in the grand scheme of things that isn't anywhere near where you're at now and it took you months <laughs> to be honest with you the last time i checked one of my followers was making fun of me is that he's, he's turned into more of a friend he was saying that i have more videos now than charlie d'amelio because i was posting I've been posting four to five times per day minimum for the last year or so. Oh, Jesus. That's nuts. That's so nuts. Man. So it's just something I enjoy. And then on top of it, being able to move that content over to something I really care about is really fun as well. So I think yeah. if you can have fun and you enjoy it, that's really the goal. Right. Because if, if you're just having fun and enjoying it, uh, it's not really like a a bore it's not a pain to do like i've i mean sure there's times where i'm making videos and i'm like you know i'm busy this week i to crank out a video on schedule it's like it's not as desirable as it would be other weeks but in general i like making videos so it's not like a you know it doesn't feel as much like work as as other things so i'm guessing for you that's kind of what tiktok is like and then i know me personally i've always had a hard time sticking to putting out content on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's, it's at least for right now, it's difficult for me to even, even the upload process feels like it takes 10 minutes minimum, <laughs> even when you have the video done. Yeah, it does actually. And then I mean, the thing with YouTube is, um, before I even shoot a video, I've done research on the topic to make sure that it's something that people want, both from like the prescribe subscriber perspective and from like a stranger perspective. Like, is this something people are searching for? Is this something people are going to watch? And then, you know, then of course you got to make a thumbnail. You got to, you got to design your description. You got to come up with what links you're going to do. Um, and just that, that part alone, all that research is like an hour for me. Like the upload itself. I mean, I plan it all ahead of time. So the upload's only that mm -hmm. like 10 minute time, but um, it's a lot more work. Uh, but the thing is like one video on YouTube, uh, you know, it's a it's a bigger project than like a TikTok, which I think why TikTok a lot of content creators do five videos a day. Like you could never do that exactly. on YouTube. It would never That's fly. So true. Unless with like a huge production team. Right. Yeah. And some channels, I guess, do that. Like the really big ones. Um, like Good Mythical Morning for a while was doing three videos a day in their main channel. That's crazy. Uh, one on the second channel, and they had uh, had something else, and they were they're a team of like forty or thirty or something. Um, wow. And they, I mean, they bought Smosh, so they're like huge. They're a huge, uh, huge company. But. Good Mythical Morning bought Smosh? Yeah. They were, their MCN, I think, went under. Oh, very cool. And so they bought them so that they wouldn't be like without a home. <laughs> um, and so they kind of saved them from, from completely going under, I guess. I think it was Smosh. I believe so. 
They're like the comedy channel that does the skits. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, you're right. Mythical Entertainment. Yeah, that's them. Yeah, they're big. They're real big. <laughs> Definitely. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so in terms of your content, I'm going to see if I can pull up your TikTok in the background to kind of show people, um, at least on desktop. I know there's a way. Is it is it just uh, Daniel's Wall? Your username? Yeah, D-A-N-I-E-L-S-W-A-L-L. It would probably be hard to actually find it on there, but I'll, I'll get it up. So what, what kind of content have you found is the best to do? And I know this is kind of like a, a loaded question because it probably varies and it's always different. But like if someone's really trying to um, get into TikTok, you know, someone's mm -hmm. like, I hear all this amazing stuff about TikTok and why artists should be on the platform. Um, Daniel, what should I do? How should I get into this? Like, what, what would your advice be? My first advice would be to look at the platform for around a week or so and try there's um diplo's content manager forces himself to watch tiktok for 15 minutes a day <laughs> well, and i was funny. listening to a podcast with him recently and he also is dylan francis's content manager um so on that end what i would recommend is to research the platform that you're trying to go on as a first step, just to understand it, understand what's working on there, and then flip it on its head to fit you in terms of the content you want to try to put out. Also, one of my advice, pieces of advice would be have no expectations. If you're expecting to go viral, you're more likely to be disappointed, especially with all the stories you hear about. Probably nice. not going to put in the time, the creativity to go into it. I had a friend recently and we did a collab together and he didn't, it didn't go as viral as he wanted. And he's been disappointed ever since. So regarding mm -hmm. that. So my advice would be no expectations on when posting. If it does go viral, even better. If it doesn't go viral, what's the next video that you want to put out? For yeah. artists, I would recommend, there's so many people just putting out music all the time, especially so many artists are flocking to TikTok to try to put out their music as much as possible. So yeah. you need to kind of stand out in a way. And how do you do that? You get people connected to you through stories, through getting their attention in the first millisecond, <laughs> through quick cuts, through using the song in a way that fits a trend possibly, and then even making a trend out of it if you can. Yeah. Right. And, uh, the the whole trend thing is kind of an interesting topic too like yeah. do you think it's good for people to jump on existing trends like does that it definitely can work i have a i have a friend of mine who does it and he's grown to 40,000 followers now oh. i've <laughs> never been a person that followed trends because i it feels kind of lazy to me yeah i kind of just do whatever i want in a sense Sometimes it'll be, but it's mostly around music all the time. Right, right. But on that end, yeah, trends can work really well. The thing that kind of annoys me about TikTok is there's so much copying of content. Like if someone <laughs> comes up with an idea, like 15 people do it and they yeah. get all of the same. Sometimes they get even more attention than the original creator. Yeah, sometimes I'll see a big video and I'll like check the sound and there'll be some small person that did it and just no one cares about them <laughs> which is kind of sad but i guess that's kind of the the, plat the whole platform is basically built on s stealing i guess like or not stealing but uh, reusing <laughs> there's these um two guys they're named colin and samir and they make really great breakdown videos and they did one on tiktok 
where they talked about the original CEO and how he created TikTok almost like an economy. So he gave all the wealth to like a certain 1% saying like anyone could become this huge celebrity. And that's what it kind of did. So it gives people the option to basically have the potential to blow up. That's one of the first big things about it. Then another thing that I think really attracts people to it is the fact that you don't have to search for anything on the platform. Like content mm. automatically comes up for you. So there's no real like having to work at all. It's very easy for someone to consume on the platform versus yeah. like YouTube where you have to look to the side and look for recommended or search for something. Yeah, so yeah, it it's is really hard to find videos, to be honest with you on TikTok. It is, yeah. If if you search for stuff, it's they don't really give you any sorting options, really. Like, there's a couple like user or hashtag, or, but if you're trying to find a specific video by someone, you're usually gonna like find the user and scroll for a couple of hours and, and yeah, try to exactly. find the video. Like, is there's no titles for videos? There's just like captions and 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 uh, well, just captions and hashtags and users. So, yeah, that's a good point. It it is kind of they kind of adapted that scroll mentality where they. they you know, just give people an infinite scrolling wheel of content and uh, tailor it to their needs, I guess, so that it just makes them stick on the platform. And it's kind of nuts. Like some people will do like actual valuable videos and, and other people are doing like kind of meaningless entertainment, like dances or stupid things. And uh, it's kind of exactly. like a mini reality show in some ways. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And then on that end, I mean, educational content, I think, is going to do super well because they just added that huge fund for people, a $200 million fund in the U.S. for Ooh. educational content. That's interesting. And then they're adding apparently a $2 billion fund for creators in the U.S. Hmm. Damn. There's another piece that's interesting as well. So, I mean, on yeah. that end, even seeing everyone else who's kind of copying them is also quite interesting like with the with the launch of reels and yeah. smash and like and there's 20 of them to be honest yeah like when when tiktok crashed that day it was like right after trump announced that he was gonna exit <laughs> that uh, was crazy byte got a huge surge of users because I, I was on byte mm -hmm. for a while i never really like used it much but they got a huge surge and there was all these uh i guess what do they call them? Zoomers? Is that the phrase for Gen Zers? <laughs> Zoomers? Yes. Um, are, are you Gen Z? Or are you a millennial? I am right <laughs> in between. I'm called a zillennial. Zillennial. Um, I was born in 1996. So, like, right okay. right after to know what 9-11, like, to, to remember 9-11, but young enough, young enough also to, like, know what it was like without cell phones. But yeah. But kind of not. right on the cusp, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, I think technically by the definition, you're you're a millennial, I think. Or maybe that's the Which cutoff like, here. Kind of. Sometimes people think it's sometimes people say it's 1998 or 1995. So yeah, half the time I don't really listen. It's a weird thing. But anyways, on Byte, like people there was like a fight because Byte was considered kind of like a millennial platform, I guess. And TikTok's kind of like the Zoomer platform. And uh, all of a sudden, all these people on Byte were like, you know, screw like f all you Gen Zers, like get the hell off my app, and and then some people were like, this is this is supposed to be like a LGBT app, LGBT app, and I get I didn't even know that. I guess it's a bit big in the the LGBT community or something. They're like, get the hell off my app, and there was just like this crazy thing of TikTokers invading like this completely different world, and uh, 
Did you um, hear about Triller and what they're doing now? No. So there's a guy named Josh Richards who is a part of the Sway House who like goes against the Hype House in a way. They're not really against, I don't even know to be honest if they're competitors or like together or anything like that. But Triller actually recruited Josh Richards as I think it's CSO, so Chief Strategy Officer for the entire app. So a TikToker. Yeah. To come on and basically try to create deals for TikTokers and try to move them over to Triller based on all everything that's going on. Ooh. That's it. The the kind of like political world behind these apps is kind of maybe not political world, but the business world. Like what Facebook launched uh, Reels at kind of the like a deathly time for TikTok, right? Because definitely. Um, like I think they that was probably conscious. Like they they probably had a later release date, and Facebook's probably like, you guys got to release this thing. Like we're going in for the going in for the kill. The kill. Um, <laughs> definitely. And it seems like it's not all there yet. Like it's kind of an awkward platform to use at the moment, but I mean it's Facebook and they have infinite resources. Uh, True. So actually, let's, and they also. Sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say they also launched Lasso. Oh yeah. Is their other Facebook's version of that closed? I, I I joined it like six months ago or something, and it shut down two months ago, officially. Really? It shut down right after they announced TikTok might get pulled. It was like the worst timing in the world. Um. Yeah, it's officially shut down, and they, they won't even let you access your old videos. Uh, wow. Just to say hey to the chat. Sup, Saya? Sup, A, A Mill? What is up? <laughs> and uh, Mike again. Say, so, yes, what do you think of Trump wanting to ban TikTok? This is actually, well, let, let's just dive into that part, because Mike was asking about that earlier. So Definitely. what's going to happen to you, and do you have any plans on like, how, to, how to protect yourself if all of a sudden TikTok is banned in the united states because it's it's kind of a, a real point. possibility at this time which is kind of yeah. freaky my thoughts on the subject are if tiktok were to be banned i am trying i'm doing my the best of my abilities to try to move the the community that i've created to other platforms yeah by using content to get them involved one of the ways i found to do that is to basically create one of the biggest series i had on tiktok was songs that sound the same yeah. It was one of the first series that blew up for me. That's something I kind of like went away from, but I brought it back. And the whole thing is I want the, the community to give me suggestions instead. So I'm having them message me on Instagram, their song uh-huh. suggestions. So I'm not asking them to follow me. I'm asking them just to message me. And the people who want to be a part of that community on Instagram are going to follow. So right. it's not going to create fake followers. It's going to be like, if you really want to follow me, go ahead. I'm bringing them to the platform, but they don't, they're not required to do anything besides message the songs. Right. And you actually have a good reason to do that because the messaging on TikTok kind of sucks already. It does suck. (laughs) Like I I have trouble messaging people that I know in real life. And I'll be like, you get that message I sent you? Like I shared a video and they're just like, "Uh, there's messages on TikTok? Like what? (laughs) And uh, so it makes sense. Like message me on Instagram, you know, because, you know, slide into my DMs and all that. If also, I mean, I think it's important to start moving to other platforms because I think Gary V said it really said it very great. He said that I'm going to spend 80% of my time in the one platform that's getting all this attention. I'm going to spend 20% of my time in all these other platforms. And I'm going to taste what I can. If this platform dies, I'm in all these other platforms too. And I'll move that 80% to move across all these others as well. Yeah. So I'm, 
looking at launching a bunch of different songs and using TikTok before it gets quote unquote banned, if it does, to move people over to Spotify, as well as move people over to YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter if they really want to go over there. So yeah. trying to use TikTok to move them to other platforms if it gets banned. Yeah, and I've been trying to do this as much as I can in my YouTube channel. Like, not that mm-hmm. YouTube's going away or anything. It's just that, you know, I, I always try to remember that at any time, any of these platforms can just change the rules and, and kind of just screw you over. Like, you never know. And so I've always tried to think of ways that I can get people on a mailing list, um, get them exactly. to follow me on another platform. And, you know, not, just like you said, it like not to, like, force anyone to do it, but um, come up with creative ways that like provide extra value. Like when I do my music review Mondays, I did that on Twitter because Twitter was a good way for people to submit music. It's kind of, Twitter's made for like live conversation. So it works good for a live event. Um, And then giving away free stuff, um, but they have to give an email address in exchange to get the free stuff. So that's that's kind of some of the tactics um, I've used and and YouTube's not even going away. So I'd imagine you're kind of in panic mode trying to, trying to make that happen yeah i mean at the end of the day if it does go away it goes away i'm not gonna stop creating i don't think anyone should stop creating if they really enjoy it um it's it it's disappointing to create a platform to create a community on a platform and then see it kind of taken away with you i'm, I'm sure the same yeah. thing happened when vine got taken Probably. all these people trying to move but i mean they did a lot of people were successful in terms of moving their audiences a lot of them weren't and it's a good test to see what did these other people do in order to move their audience. David Dobrik left early, started vlogging on YouTube before Vine was mm. taken away. That was an example of just one person. And I mean, I can I can say all I want about why I don't think it should be banned. That's not the point, though. Yeah. Um, the point is, what do you do if it does get banned? And that is the different kind of tactics to take. Yeah, I mean, I, I've gotten into some heavy Twitter arguments, like defending why TikTok shouldn't be banned. Um, because, you know, it's people like it's this Chinese company spying on the United States people. But I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily buy the conspiracy theories on, on that stuff. Like I, and even if they are, it's like, I, I don't know. It's like, for, I don't really think that they are. I, I guess that's probably where the if, thing is. I mean, my, I guess my <laughs> thoughts on it are ever since May of 2020, they've had an American CEO. More than 20% of their employees are American. They're, they just bought, I think, $800 million of Google servers on U.S. soil to move their data to. Yeah. I mean, my, Microsoft is talking about buying them. Now, TikTok, I guess, I don't know if this is true. TikTok is talking about suing the Trump administration to move off from ByteDance to become its own company in the U.S. So, yeah. I, there's, there's a bunch happening. I don't know when the ban's going to happen, if it will happen. Yeah. Um, what What are your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think it should happen. I don't think the ban should happen. I mean, it's like what you said. Like they did mention that the data stored for Americans is stored on American servers. Um, but the, the problem is like everything that everyone's saying, you have to, you have no way of proving it. Like TikTok says they're not doing anything. Um, and there's a lot of conspiracy theories of people accusing them of doing sketchy stuff. And I don't believe the conspiracy theories because there's so many Chinese apps and companies that could also be doing things that, that 
our government just doesn't care about. Like, I mean, one of the biggest companies in the world for like e-commerce is Alibaba. And a lot of Americans use Alibaba. Are they spying on us? They have an app too, AliExpress. What about them? Also owned by Alibaba. So it's kind of like if you're going to you, pick you this app, why, are you, why aren't you going to talk about all those other apps that are even they, bigger? You know, it's, I think they are. They're, Trump is oh, talking really? about banning Alibaba now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and same with um, Tencent, who owns Epic Games. So I mean, like, yeah, the way, the main one they're talking about is TikTok, but there's like five other companies that are Chinese owned that they're talking about banning as well. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't want to make this a wholly political thing, um, yeah. but I mean, it's I guess it's good to good to t good to talk about, especially as a as an especially artist because it's happening. Oh, it's yeah, as like an artist, true. it's or even not even just an artist, but a creator. It's banning it might do something positive if it's actually if they're actually doing something sketchy. But it's going to screw over a lot of Americans who have worked really hard to build a lot of things. So it's not just about it's it's not you can't ignore that. I don't think like the, I think it'd be better Definitely. for them to come to a resolution than it would be to outright ban it. Like tell them. You have to do this and you have this amount of time to do it or we're going to ban you in six months rather than I think originally Trump was like September 1st Saturday. or something. Yeah. And it's it's like I don't I think that just screws a whole lot of Americans over and a Chinese company that might be doing nothing wrong. So but, you know, I I said that on Twitter at some point and people just yelled at me and called me names. So it was it was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's an interesting place. Yeah, I, I would say probably the most toxic social media app out there right now is Twitter, in my opinion. Just good like, to know. I <laughs> I just kind of like I'm I'm more of a I'm more of a what's the term? I'm more of a shouter on Twitter. I don't really consume a lot on there. Kind of just say whatever I want. Leave. Yeah, I think that's why it's the most toxic place. I think a lot of people do that. <laughs> I think a lot of people will go on Twitter and they'll see something they don't agree and be like, you're an idiot, and then just not even bother looking at the replies. And then, yeah. Um, and sometimes I go in there because I'm looking for a fight. Like, I'll, I'll look and I'll find something that I know that I'm going to disagree with, and I'll go there and leave a comment that I know everyone's going to hate. <laughs> and, you know, but, and I guess that's probably the problem. It's just Twitter makes it so easy to do that. Um, and you're almost rewarded for it, in a way. Like you get more like engagement by doing that. <laughs> That's a good point, actually. And um, music distributors are pushing to TikTok now, too. Like DistroKid's been pushing mm -hmm. to TikTok for a while. And um, OT.org, I don't know how they say that in the chat, just said TikTok and United Masters just linked a music distribution deal. And, and all these companies Very are at it. So uh, it's like, what the heck happens to all that music that's being used and some people are making a lot of money from it probably very true um i've found that i mean i made a good amount on DistroKid from from tiktok specifically not a oh. ton like some people out here like some of the bigger people who are actually artists are making a lot more money but still i mean i saw this one girl actually who said she got a hundred million views and she only made seven dollars so <laughs> unsure how, why that is i think she posted an original sound versus an actual song i think mm. that was the difference where it comes in okay yeah because when you when you distribute it through your distributor it's different like I, I don't think i've gotten more than a handful of of like plays and my stuff on tiktok 
Um, and I think even still, I've gotten like some amount of pennies from it. I've gotten 25 cents from TikTok, but I think I've literally gotten like a couple hundred views from TikTok. So I would think that the distribution actually pays like on par with, you know, I'm not going to say on par with Spotify, but maybe on par with like YouTube. Um, what is it called? YouTube ad. The, the content ID pays horribly. And then maybe TikTok's probably around there. Instagram and Facebook also, but they're a music distributor. Like, true. And the cool thing with you is like, if you use your own song in a video that gets 25,000 views, like, I wonder how much you actually make from that. Cause that gives you a lot of power, <laughs> like to, to promote your own music, you know? I've, I've found that TikTok, what it gives you is it gives you attention. And so if you can use that attention and move it into more of a monetization purposes, that's really the goal. My, my biggest like successes with terms of monetization on TikTok were brand deals. Okay. How, how does that typically work in TikTok? I mean, I know how it works in YouTube. Um, and obviously it's, you don't want to talk about the exact deals and numbers, yeah. but um, what can you say about it? <laughs> What I can say is that right now, TikTok in terms of brand deals is like the wild west. Nobody, there's no real like way to scope it down in terms of what people want. So when people offer you different things, it's all over the place. Sometimes yeah. they're like, I'll give you $10. Sometimes they'll say, I'll give you a thousand. Um, sometimes they'll say, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Um, if you sell this affiliate link, you get 50 cents, like all these random type yeah. of deals are coming all over the place. Um, a lot of the ones that are pushing right now is um, in China on TikTok, they launched their version of the creator fund that's been around for around a year. And it sounds like brands are partnering with users to kind of use affiliate links where users would get a certain amount for the brand if the customers use it through the affiliate link. It looks similar to like when you see on Instagram, when someone like clicks on it and it pulls up the actual um, product that you can buy right then and there. Right. That's From in China, it sounds like they've actually like integrated a shopping center inside of TikTok. So you can just buy yeah. it right then and there and ship it to your house. That's cool. That's, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. I, I, I know that Instagram now is the shopping built in, but it's, it's kind of like exclusive now for to who can get it it's even hard to like list because i you know i have i have a, my own store for my sample packs you can't list digital products on uh, on instagram yet or you can't on our facebook account interesting they only do physical products and so i've kind of been boxed out of uh taking part in that unfortunately but um that's a cool 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 way to do it like have a physical purchase so that way an influencer can kind of promote it and it's tracked a lot more mm -hmm. easily inside of an app if you can get a lot of attention, like someone with millions of followers, then you're going to get more of just like the branding deal where if you right. show this product and promote it, we'll give you this amount of money. That's where you see like Jason Derulo say, I make $90,000 for TikTok. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I remember Casey Neistat, someone asked him what he makes for like a sponsored deal and it was like tens of thousands of dollars or something. That's um, crazy. Because not only does he have a big audience, but the audience is like hardcore. Like they're all engaged. Um, True. And he puts a lot of time and effort into his videos. So that definitely right. makes sense. Yeah. And people trust him. I mean, like I, I love his channel and um, he seems like a very genuine guy. He's very clear when it's he's being paid to do something. And 
um, you know, when he recommends something, you can kind of assume it's at, at least not a scam and probably a decent product, um, which is always good. Um, but yeah, for, so for the brand deals, um, do you do you ever give any of these companies like a number or do they always come to you and throw a number your way? The first brand deal I had, I basically just kind of pitched myself to this company that I really wanted to work with. It was a, it was a music company. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And from that, I talked to their, their content man, content manager. There's some, some um, title. Yeah. And um, we came up with an agreement on that. And then what I would do and like the amount of stuff and from working with one brand deal turned into much more. That makes sense. Yeah. It allowed brands to see, okay, this person is working with an audience now where they're seeing somewhat success. Let's see if we can move it over here. The one that I do get all the time, though, that I have never said yes to is using people's songs. Okay. So, but like, I know there's some websites where you can kind of connect with a curator, or not a curator, influencer, um, to promote your music in some cases. So is that what you're talking about? Like people hitting you up saying like, mm -hmm. hey, I just dropped a new single. Can you yes. use the sound? and prom All the time. Do you never do it? Never done it. Why is that? It doesn't feel it doesn't feel right. First of all. Secondly, I will do it for friends for free. Yeah. Um, if I am trying to post my music, I only want to offer music that I really believe in. Especially if I'm a music channel, I don't want to take someone else's song that I don't believe in. Mm. That's just like my morals of it. If I was smart, I'd probably be doing all of them. <laughs> I, I guess that's that makes a lot of sense being a music channel. Like I feel like if you were a tech channel using it in the background, I feel like that'd be a different image than if you like you're mute you're a creator yourself, you're a music creator yourself, and you're talking about music, so maybe that's what makes it weird. Because so I see it all the time on TikTok. Like someone uses sounds, you'll see like you know, a little thing at the end of the description that's like hashtag promoted sound, whatever hashtag they use to show it's a sponsored post. And uh, it's, um, it seems kind of scammy sometimes with the some of these channels that do it. Like they'll, mm -hmm. they'll have like 100,000 followers, but then you look at their engagement and it's like 10 likes a video or something. Exactly. It's all over the place, especially like I have, I have a bunch of friends that are trying to like promote their music through TikTok and they're, they spent like $2,000 hitting up different creators and engagement is all over the place. Like follower account yeah. doesn't seem to matter on the app. Right. Like at all. Unless you're like, unless you're huge. Yeah. I mean like for, for you, you know, with 400,000 followers, obviously you're getting a lot more engagement and views per video than, than, um, what, what's outlook at? right now a couple thousand <laughs> i don't mean to throw him oh. under the bus but um I'll, I'll look the rapper who i actually had on a couple episodes ago we, when i talked to him back oh, back then he had like 1500 so you know let's let's check by by just the nature of having more followers it makes sense that you you get you know i have, actually i'll put your tiktok on screen you won't see this but everyone in the chat will um, you know, 25,000 views, 15,000 views, like pretty consistently 15,000 ish mm -hmm. views, except when a video tanks, um, exactly. Sometimes up to and 40 I've, and stuff. If you keep going, there was a point where the for you page really liked me. <laughs> um, and 
if you where is it i can only fit two columns on screen so <laughs> i might pass by it but Eighty thousand views the live stream so is delayed one... by a few seconds by the way so <laughs> there was one that got six hundred and sixty two thousand like making the minions sound like humans man that one did really well and then two under that, it was doing the same thing to Alvin and the Chipmunks. So I mean, like, oh, yeah. and that got six hundred and sixty-one thousand. So there's points where like the algorithm really likes me and it'll push me a lot more. And then there's points where it won't. And the points that you see that it won't get, I mean, they get decent view counts. But at the same time, I mean, I <laughs> I find that the reason why I post so much, I feel like, is because when I was only posting one time a day the amount of views and like engagement that those posts were getting affected my mood because I only had like one video to post it on. But if I can like push and like make whatever I want, I usually stop caring about the video within like 30 minutes of posting. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> so because I'll just have another one to post two hours later. Right. Yeah. So you kind of don't obsess over it as much. You just kind of yes. post it that's it. I'm done. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you might engage with some people and, and check some stuff, but, um, yeah, with, with YouTube, Definitely. when I post a video, I mean, I tend, assuming I'm free, uh, I'll do a premiere for the video so I can sit and chat with people as it's airing. Um, and then I'll also read the comments for like the next couple hours. Like I'll check frequently and try to reply that's to cool. people. Um, but on TikTok, that's like, if you're cranking out six videos a day, like you'd have to be doing it full time to do that. Like you'd have, True. All the time, you would just be talking to people on TikTok. On that end, do you find that on YouTube, you're like on the go responding to people? Are you sitting in front of your computer typing stuff out when you're commenting to people? It's a, it varies. Like sometimes I'll, um, I don't know, be bored somewhere. Maybe not bored, but I'll be waiting for something. Um, and I'll pull out my phone and I'll open up the YouTube studio app. And I'll just kind of go through comments, read them, reply. Um, and sometimes I'll see a big one. I'm like, I got to respond to this when I get home. Like, it'll be a big one I have to write a lot for. Um, and I used to try to reply to every single comment up until like two or three months ago where it just got to be a little too much. And uh, now I kind of have to pick yeah, and really choose. Great. It's a good problem to have. But it's yeah. I always feel bad when like people spend the time to like reach out and I don't have the time to reach back. Um, but I, I think people get it, you know, they, they understand. Definitely. So it's, it's been cool. And uh, spiritual in the chat just said, um, get this guy to TikTok one of my songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, unfortunately, um, you have to be friends with him to get him to TikTok your songs. <laughs> hey, you know, I haven't ruled it out completely yet. Yeah. All you have to do is befriend him in some way. And then you'll get exactly. free TikTok songs for life. So um, easily, yeah. Uh, at least until it gets banned, or if it gets banned. Yeah. So you might only have a couple weeks. Act fast. <laughs> on um, that note, what I'm trying to implement on TikTok now is a strategy, a post promotion strategy for. I like to call it an EP like singles run, where like all the songs are related to each other trying to do it in a way that uses TikTok to its advantage to try to push it out and push the songs out to as many people as possible. So that's what I'm probably going to be launching mm. next month before the app goes away. That's interesting. So w what kind of content do you have planned around that? It's going to be around three 
three posts a day regarding the song one that like has it as a trend one that like connects it to a story and one that shows the behind the scenes of like how the song was created or anything interesting with it or using that song with something that's going on that's trending at the time yeah that's a cool idea because I, I, one thing I recommend to people is when they have released, I have a video on this where I say, um, let's, I called it something like how to make 50 songs for a single, or sorry, no, how to make 50 social media posts for a single. Um, and I recommended people make like 50. And in the video, I make like 80 social media posts for one single. That's awesome. Throughout the video. And I show how all of those are done because people are always like, there's no way you do that. And like the video took me like an hour to make. So basically it took me an hour to make all that content. And, um, what you're doing on uh, for that is kind of a similar process. It's like every post gets X amount of impressions. So if you can do three videos a day around that, you're going to get whatever impressions each video is going to get times three times the number of days that you, you do it. And at that sure. point, it just becomes about how can you, relate the song to something else that isn't doesn't make it sound like an advertisement exactly i think the trends and the stories is a great way to do that and then getting other people involved i've noticed that when you reply to people and get someone connected to something that that's really the goal of what i'm trying to move into kind of similarly to what you're doing on patreon i'm trying to move people over to discord Ah, uh, yeah. I have a Discord, too. It's a good time. Hey, gotta <laughs> check it out. Yeah, it's, um, the way I've been trying to do that is, like, periodically in a live stream, I'll just drop the link to it. And so it's kind of like a surprise Sweet. thing. Um, which, by the way, let me, let me drop the link to the... <laughs> That's such a good plug. <laughs> Set yeah. you up for that. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, um, and, and there's a, it's a cool thing because I have, there's a public portion where anyone can just join and chat, um... I'm I'm not in it like all day, but every I try to check it like every, once every couple of days and have some conversations. But then I also have a Patreon exclusive section to kind of give the people who who want the extra stuff a way to get more access, kind of like a smaller group. So it's a fun place to to hang out and not just like get info from me, but learn from other people in the community. And for you, it's probably a great way to get people off a potentially <laughs> sinking ship. Exactly. And on, I mean, on that note, I, I've been trying to implement the kind of things that you said earlier, email list. I was trying to get on community to start text message. Um, uh, I'm using Superphone right now. Superphone. Superphone. You don't have to apply for it. I think they have, they have a fake application. So they'll say like request access and then like an hour later you'll get access. Um, it's pricey. Is it, leg is it, Okay, sweet. It, the base price is $20 a month for up to, I think it's like 100 contacts and 1,000 texts is covered under that plan. Wow. And then after that, they charge you like a penny per text and a 10 cents per subscriber. So it's expensive. So you have to use it like cautiously. Efficiently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm testing it now. And it's cool because it, I got it gives me a way to um give people like a number that's easy to reach me at but at the same time not use like my real personal number because that would be hard <laughs> to, to do true because then you'd have to like change my number that i've had for like 15 years or whatever but yeah i mean tiktok's trying to come out with their own music site too 
really? Yeah, um, it's our, so do you use DistroKid? I do. Our music is already sent there, actually. And um, I forget what it's called. Let's see, oh, Resso, R-E-S-S-O. It's a- Oh, I heard um, about this from Caleb. Yeah, so I don't know when it's coming out to like the US and, and other countries. I think it's available in India and a few other like Asian countries. Um, yeah, it launched in India and um, Sans Ten. Okay, I guess they don't have Tencent or Universal Music in the app. But anyways, it's they're calling it a social music streaming app. And so users can share lyrics, they can comment on songs, they can generate user content with the songs alongside all of these full-length tracks. So kind of like if you integrated Spotify with like TikTok and like Instagram. Like imagine if you sure. go on Spotify and leave a comment on like Drake's new That'd album be so cool. or something. And That'd be crazy. Yeah, like I think that's kind of a, it's a really great idea and it'll probably never come to the US right now. But um, it sounds like, why isn't there a distribution service that already has the ability to do that? Well, I mean, in a way there kind of is SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud sucks. It's not to the same level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Agreed. <laughs> but I mean, in a sense, you could comment yeah. on like Lil Baby song or something like that. I guess that, I guess, yes, agree. Yeah. The UI isn't great. Yeah, and it's it's a very, like it's it's nothing's official, right, on SoundCloud. You can just put stuff up whenever you want and take it down. A platform right. like Spotify where like you can still take stuff down and add it whenever you want with a distribution partner, but there's like a gatekeeper that says like mm -hmm. this content meets the needs of our store. And like the barrier to entry sure is low. Like you can release a five minute song of like nature noises and get it on Spotify. Probably. Sure. Um, but still there's someone there that's making sure you're not like that's stealing music and doing stuff like that. Definitely. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we eventually get that because that sounds just like, imagine if, if you as a content creator, right next to your Spotify stuff could drop like awesome engaging video content whenever you wanted that could blow up on the same platform that your music's on. Like imagine if relics, like just right on TikTok on your profile, someone could just click like listen to my album. It'd be incredible. And um True. Yeah. <laughs> They've kind of implemented that on TikTok for people who are considered artists so if you like scroll to the left for people who are artists who have a song you can see their songs and you can use the list but what you're saying is basically like you literally can listen to their song right then and there that would be crazy yeah. if you could bring that over if you could fuse those two together that would be awesome i completely agree yeah so hopefully Resso comes to the world or comes to the united states <laughs> Work you said 400,000. Wow. Imagine how many puppy pictures are on the phones of people who have watched you, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot. I love puppy, puppies. More than 10 million puppies around the world for sure, yo. <laughs> I don't even know what you mean by that. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting, too, because one day I randomly woke up and my friend was like, yo, you're on Famous Birthdays. I was like, wait, what? And then they just like added a bunch of TikTokers on there recently. And you've you and made the cut. on there, it allows you to say like the millions of what you just said. And so you can edit people's like pieces of it. 
and someone mentioned something about puppies on my description when I was first on it. So that just that just brought it back real quick. <laughs> Some, it's kind of like it was kind of like Wikipedia where someone can just like edit your entry yeah. before like you actually take it over. Oh, okay. That's cool that you made the cover that though. I mean, f- famous birthdays, and you're—I I guess that means you're—you're you're officially famous. You've made it. Not really. <laughs> That's—I mean—that's—it's—it's it's no small feat, like growing on any platform to 400k. True. And the fact that that you could grow on TikTok to 400k means that, like, I think if TikTok vanished tomorrow and you were starting from square one on whatever the next TikTok is, you're going to be able to do it again. You know, it's. If you have the tenacity to make six videos a day for a year, it don't matter what platform you're on. You're going to do well. Like, you're going to figure it out. Now I got to start making at least, like, one video on YouTube a week at least. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the – YouTube's a hard place because it's really hard to start. Like, you – every video takes a good amount of work, and the feedback isn't as quick because there's really no, like, automated discovery platform for new channels. So you, you're kind of like pushing this snowball along. And at some point, it just kind of goes faster and faster and gets bigger and bigger on its own. But like, it takes a long time to just get it to that point, what I've noticed. like, For example, if you start a YouTube channel, I know you already have one, but if you started a YouTube channel today, if you got to 1,000 subscribers in your first year, I'd say that was good. I'd say that was wow. very good. And um, sometimes people do it faster, but like... That'd be a pretty good rate. And and on other platforms, like even Instagram, like it shouldn't take you that long if you're cranking out content at a respectable scale, you know? So. On that note, I guess um, for anyone out, because a lot of your audiences are around artists, yeah. people who are looking to kind of build their music. So I guess my recommendation for TikTok, if you're interested in that, especially like, even if it does get banned, there's still a period of time where you could blow up. I've had friends who went from 20 followers to 25K in the last two weeks. So, I mean, like, there's still opportunity to build an audience, even right now. Yeah. Um, in terms of trying to grow for the artists out there, I would try to push in terms of creating content around you versus creating content around your music mm. especially on tiktok because i find that i find that people are more willing to listen to your music especially on an app that's more visual if they like you and know you as a person at least as a creator and i'm sure that that's the same on most apps but if you can move the content around you it's easier to start pushing music versus pushing your music without anyone knowing who you are or anything about you yeah, that's a very great point, and I've I've said that about um, people make like people ask what kind of content they make, and what kind of content they could make because they're like I can't just talk about my music all the time, and I, I'll say like you really shouldn't talk about your music all the time, otherwise people are gonna feel like you're trying to sell them on something. Uh, you really want to get them to know you and like you, and even if you're not their favorite artist in the world they might listen to your music because they care about you. And uh, so what you said is exactly, exactly that same statement. Like get, make video content about you. And you see the the celebrities that are already successful in the music world doing that too. True. Like, uh, I don't know who's, I know San Holo's on TikTok. I don't know if you're into EDM. 
But uh, I love Sangha. Yeah, so he's on TikTok and he just makes funny videos with all his bird jokes because everyone knows he's into yeah. birds. And um, he never really talks about his music unless something awesome is going on, you know. Um, other people who are uh, Charlie Puth is a big one on TikTok who's like been able to like take trends and make them his own. Um, Jason Derulo is someone who, in my opinion, has went from being an artist to a TikToker to using TikTok to push his music. Um, but I mean, I think he's more relevant than ever right now than, he, than a year ago, even. Yeah. So it sounds like Daniel Wall's rule, rule or guidebook to um, making it as a YouTuber, sorry, making it as a TikToker, as an artist. Number one, watch TikTok videos for 15 minutes every day to understand the platform. Look up other artists who are having success on the platform. Um, crank out multiple pieces of content every day. Don't obsess over the stats on every single post, otherwise your mental health will decline. Um, True. And try to make your content about you instead of just talking about music. Like talk about your maybe your time in the studio, talk about what's going on in your life, talk about maybe you have a second passion other than music, maybe you like photography. Um, and also have fun. And if you're not having fun, probably don't stay on TikTok. Choose another platform that you will have fun on. So. <laughs> exactly. I I think it's great like what TikTok allows you to do because the built-in editing software is so easy to use. So yeah. it's so easy for any create. If they have a phone, they could literally make content right then and there versus something like YouTube or Instagram where everything has to be made outside and then edit it and then put on. Yeah. So the way it works is, is great. It's better than Triller in terms of the UI. So I- Triller's awful. That, awful UI. Triller's terrible. It's terrible. Like the worst interface I've ever- Like I made three videos on the platform just to try it out when I saw it. It took me like 15 minutes figure. to, to yeah. figure it out. And, and the whole point of the app is to make music videos easily. That's like what they say. And it's, yeah. <laughs> Even Sorry, the scrolling's not very good. Like, yeah, it's they they really messed that one up. Small. And there's a bunch of it's like all rappers too. Which so if you're a rapper, maybe you'll have some success on Triller. I'm not a rapper, so same. Uh, I, I, I feel like you make all kinds of music. Yeah, I mean, I, my solo stuff is like a mix of EDM and pop, I guess, like f future bass often, um, and then uh, my. I'm in a couple of side projects, like one, I'm the vocalist of like a rap rock kind of Linkin Park group. Um, and then I'm the vocalist in a project called Murder Night, which is like dubstep and metal mixed together. Um, and a few other things. So I do make a whole bunch of dubstep cool and metal together. Wait, yeah, I need yeah. to check that out. That sounds it's crazy. It's called Murder Night, but um, night is spelled N-I-T-E. And it's a joke from Rick and Morty. They just like an episode where they're like, like, ah, oh, it's a goddamn murder night here. And uh, they're, like, killing all the villagers because they're, like, trying to kill them. They're zombies or something, and <laughs> I forget. But, um, yeah, it's, like, dubstep meets metal, which is cool getting, like, the producer, Big Jer, friend of mine, is, um, he makes all this dope, like, bass music. And we, I try to, like, write catchy rock melodies over it that are also kind of choppy and electronic and also, like, awesome, brutal screams on it. So it's, it's a good time. That's sick. That's really, I have to check out that. That one sounds crazy. 
I've I've heard a lot of your songs. I'm a fan. Oh, you put out you. one recently that like I wasn't expecting. It was it was more of like definitely more on the side of pop because I was expecting no no it was actually more on the side of rock. Oh, is it socialize? That was that yes. one was a yeah that one I I actually have a scream in it, <laughs> which is the first um, recent song of mine that I've used my screaming abilities in. Um, but yeah. What kind of music do you do you make? I know I've checked it out when we first met, but I don't remember, unfortunately. I, I'm all I'm I'm pretty similar to all over the place. I just kind of like I I don't try to put myself into a genre, because I just yeah. make whatever I want. At least right now. Um, but when I produce for other people, that's that's when I genre. Then I genreize mm. myself. Cause the more I can kind of push myself in different directions, the better. I like to to say I make pop. Because pop just means popular. Right, yeah. You have a lot of freedom if you're making pop. But um, a lot of it gravitates towards, like, acoustic or EDM or just pop. (laughs) Or, like... Yeah, some kind of pop. I don't know how to describe it. It's some kind of pop. I mean, pop can be, be like, hip-hop. Pop can be R&B. Pop can be rock. So it's kind of nice to... That's why I say I do EDM and pop because that means I can be specific and also say nothing at the same time. You know, it's like, it's it's broad enough that I'll, I can be flexible when I get bored, but it's also specific enough where I can just tell people I do EDM and pop. (laughs) Definitely. Um, And I got to tell you with TikTok, what I was able to do was I, I built a following on TikTok first and then I started dropping music after it. And the songs that did better were the ones where I really pushed towards and pushed content that wasn't like, listen to this song. It wasn't like right. that. It was more like, this is a song I made. Here's a story behind it. And it was only a couple of videos and they did really successful. And then all these people were gravitating towards the songs. Hmm. And the ones where I got more like desperate in terms of like, I didn't have a story. Those didn't do as well. Yeah. When it was more genuine and real, that's when like people would gravitate towards Spotify. So your song, uh, Just Let It Go. It came out mm-hmm. this year, and it's got twenty five thousand streams on it. So what's what's the story behind how you promoted that one? Because that seems to be your number one release at the moment. That the song of that that was the first song that I put out on Spotify. So the whole thing around it was the fact that I waited three years to drop a song because I thought I was a perfectionist. I thought I was making the perfect song, but the whole thing I learned from it was I needed to just let go and put out a song. So I think that really connected with a lot of people because the whole point was like almost like this inspirational like story that I took you on. It was edited really well together. It was like showing the process of me from like five years ago, trying to record on GarageBand all the way up to like finally making this song, giving up on it, coming back to it. And that video did extremely well and put a lot of people over to that song. 